Hello and welcome to Everything But The Building, a podcast about the people, places, and history behind the profession of landscape architecture. I'm your host, Stacey Brocktrup. Today I'm speaking with three ladies who have been a driving force behind ASLA's pivot to hosting the National Conference virtually. Kelly, Whitney, and Jacqueline joined me for a quick primer on the new platform and the steps it took to make the transition. And just so everyone is aware, we had a few technical difficulties when we were recording, so hopefully it's not too noticeable, but please go ahead and take a listen. Well, thank you ladies for joining me this morning. Could everyone give me a brief introduction to yourself so listeners know who you are? Sure. I I guess I'll start. Uh, I'm Kelly Bland. I am the uh, Director of Meetings and Special Programs at ASLA. Um, I can't tell you how many shows this is for me, but my first one was in uh, 2014 in Denver. My name is Whitney Mitchell, and I'm the Professional Development Manager here at ASLA. I manage all the content for the education program at Revision, as well as being the administrator for LASIS. My first conference on landscape architecture was in 2017 at Los Angeles. And I'm Jacqueline Bianchini. I'm the manager of media relations and public awareness at ASLA. And uh, my first show was actually last year in San Diego. So I'm the newbie. And uh, I just handle all of the public public relations, basically. Okay, great. Thank you all so much for being here with me today. I guess the first thing, if somebody could give us a quick breakdown of the timeline as as things have progressed through COVID. I know I spoke to the co-chairs of Miami's conference. I think it was all the way back in April and a lot has happened. You guys have been working really hard. So could someone kind of give me a breakdown of what has happened since April? Sure. Um, well, we had been monitoring uh, the news out of uh, Miami Beach um, and the World Health Organization, and of course, uh, the CDC. And, you know, we, uh, of course, with our vendors um, on the ground, uh, like the Convention and Visitors Bureau, the uh, Miami Beach um, Convention Center itself, and the hotels, you know, we, we kept... Uh, ahead of the information that they were, you know, telling us uh, that was happening or taking place in Miami. So, you know, we went ahead and launched our registration in late April as we had planned. And we, you know, kept monitoring numbers and, of course, information that we were receiving. And, you know, until about July, um, I think July 13th is when we decided that, uh, we were going to cancel the physical meeting, which, you know, in itself was a very, very difficult um, decision, but it wasn't when you considered the fact that, you know, how were we going to keep people safe and um, getting from point A, which was their homes, down to, to Miami Beach and, you know, all the other um, people and places that we would be, um, we just felt for the sake of uh, everyone's health and safety, we were just compelled to, um, to cancel. So um, July 
uh, 23rd, I, I think, you know, all the monies were refunded through registration. And it wasn't until after then we started considering what our um, alternative, uh, our virtual alternative was going to be. So it, I'll be honest, it seems like a lifetime ago, but <laughs> it was just, uh, what, two or three, four months. So uh, a lot, a lot has happened in that amount of time. So that's basically uh, the timeline from from April till till now. Okay. And what type of items? I know you said um, being concerned for um, attendees' um, health mm -hmm. and everything associated with the hotels and the travel. But on the conference side of things, can you explain a little bit about the thought process of ASLA on the ramifications for the um, for the conference itself and canceling it. What what were those? Well, I th I think um, the there was really nothing that would be worse than someone getting sick um, uh, with this virus, and you know it would every the conference itself was pretty much secondary, the, the health and safety of, of everyone concerned. And even those people who would have had to have worked our show in Miami Beach um, at the hotels, at the convention center, it just, you know, that it, it, it really didn't come into consideration. I think everyone, just trying to keep everyone safe was our chief concern. So that was the, um, which led to our decision not to have the conference. So I know you ladies are all on the team mm -hmm. that are tackling the transition to a virtual platform. Who else is involved and who are really the drivers behind this? Well, I'd like to say we are <laughs> uh, with the help of our leadership, of course. But, you know, I, it, it kind of starts with us and we, um, we kind of push those decisions up to our uh, CEO, which was then uh, Roxanne and Kurt. Uh, Michael O'Brien, of course, plays a major role being the um, CFO of the organization. But, you know, n no decision is made in a silo. It's, it's a team decision. We, we decide how we're going to approach this, what we need to do um, to turn this around. It's, it's like stopping a freight train and, and you know, deciding what's next. So as, as a group, um, we, this is how uh, we've made decisions um, throughout this entire process. And we try and include as many individuals, particularly how it affects their areas um, as, as much as possible. Okay, great. Well, thank you ladies for tackling that. I can't even begin to imagine <laughs> what you guys have gone through this year and trying trying to push through this transition so quickly. So with that, could one of you explain the new platform for revision? Yeah, so we researched and demoed several platforms before we made a decision. And um, I would say we are all new virtual meeting planners. So we learned a lot very quickly. And we decided to go with Cadmium, which has been our partner on the education side of the conference on landscape architecture for several years now. It's what our speakers use for communicating with us, uploading their session guides, and 
all that. And it's also what our education website for the conference has been on for several years. It's very intuitive and our attendees and speakers are already very familiar with it. So we thought it was a great fit to go with because it's something we, it's a great partner for us and it's something that our attendees and speakers are also familiar with, with the short period we had to transition. Great. And is it going to be like a Zoom meeting where we break out into groups? Is that the type of platform you're envisioning? Or is it um, each individual person goes directly to a link specifically for the session itself? Yeah, so there'll be specific rooms for each session. If you go to our website and look at it, it's very familiar to what you would see with the Conference on Landscape Architecture in the past. And what you would do is once it opens on November 16th and it's live, you would click the Watch Now button and you will go into a room and see the session. And we tried to build as much engagement in as possible. So on the side, there's a automated response system where you can discuss what's going on in the session with other attendees and there's also a question area where you can put in your questions and actually upvote them if you're interested in getting the answers and our speakers will be in those rooms engaging with attendees during the session. Okay that's great and so I assume in order to even get to the platform and log in the attendee would have to be pre-registered and have some type of access code, right? Yes, so it'll be linked to their registration. So, uh, Kelly, correct me if I'm wrong, but right before it opens, they'll get information on how to log into the system? Correct, yes, they will. They will receive a second or like a confirmation that tells them um, they are now able to go into the system um, and explore, um, you know, just get familiar with it. And I believe we're, we're launching that on November the 9th. Is that correct, Whitney? Yes. Yeah. And we will be one of the one of the features that we will be releasing early to everyone so that people can get a sneak peek of the great sessions we're going to be offered is our Inside the LA Studio series. We, this is something that is familiar to everyone that's attended in the past. We have three firms that are part of this. And to make it the COVID edition, we have a behind the scenes tour of each office as well as a discussion. So we're really excited. I know whenever I go places, I love seeing firms' offices and it really showcases their creativity and what makes them unique. So each of our three firms will have a behind-the-scenes tour of their actual firm and who the people are that work there. So we're really excited to show those to everyone to, so that they can see the great offerings we're going to show the next week. Everything But the Building is sponsored by Innova Furnishings. Headquartered here in St. Louis, Missouri, Innova designs and manufactures beautiful outdoor furniture for any application. Check out their website at innovafurnishings.com. Oh, that's awesome. Great. So then kind of, I know that was a little bit of a, a preview, but could one of you give us an explanation of the different track options that are going to be offered? Sure. So this year we've, I, we went from about a hundred and so education sessions to 24, I believe. So it was very hard to, 
figure out which ones we should showcase because there's so many, it's such a strong program. So we did, we decided to settle on five tracks and these are um, what the focus of ASLA's mission and some of the most urgent issues that are facing our society right now. And they are design, climate change and resilience, business leadership and career development, acknowledging racism in the profession and diversity, equity and inclusion. And there will be four sessions in each with design day having eight because we have a whole design day that will be showcasing our industry partners on the second day, November 17th. Okay. And how many of these courses are going to be available simultaneously? I'm assuming that there's going to be at least two. Is that right? There'll be for each concurrent session, there'll be five. So there'll be one from each track that you'll be able to pick from. And the great thing about revision is if you, if there's two that you're interested in going, you don't have to worry that you won't be able to see the other one at all. Um, everything will be available on demand after the three days. So you can go back and watch every single one and also get professional development hours for them. So you can get up to 25 hours of LASIS PDH from this, which covers most states two year renewal process. So we're really excited about being able to offer that. Absolutely. And, and all those videos will be uh, available to attendees until January 31st. So if you yeah. can't oh, get perfect. to them yeah. until, you know, with the holidays and things, if you need to get to them a little later, you can come back to it. Okay, great. And will that require a, like a written quiz of some kind for the LASIS credits? Yes, for LASIS credits, um, you have to pass a quiz and that will also be the same for if you watched it live. Um, and we are also offering AIA credit for a lot of the sessions as well as APA's AICP. Um, it also, we have also submitted it to the whole program to Florida as well as New York. So there are the same offerings for professional development that we've offered in the past. Awesome. Great. Okay, cool. That, I know that really helps those of us have, that have to work <laughs> late hours or weird hours and we can go back and still get yeah I mean I know I've tried to whenever I've um, been to an online session like sometimes you can't go to all of them so we really thought it was important to be able to offer all the education on demand perfect all right uh, can we get any type of sneak peek at uh, any of the session options or hosts Sure. So beyond our 60-minute sessions that are all in those tracks, we have something called bite-sized learning that we're really excited about. These are more like micro-learning. They're less than 30 minutes. So we are showcasing field sessions. We have six field sessions that would have been Miami that will showcase throughout the event of the Underline, um, Soundscape Park, as well as some other beautiful parks and restoration sites. We are also showcasing our game changers. These are fast-paced presentations on ideas that our membership thinks will change the landscape architecture profession. We'll also have the continue the 
continue the conversation for select sessions. That's something that we've had on the conference on landscape architecture for several years in the expo. And I want to give a big shout out to Design Day with the Innovation Showcase. There's going to be factory tours, new product demos, as well as some How's It Made sessions. Um, and these are all new things that we've never had at the conference before and we're really excited about. And people can go see all the track descriptions that we have available at the website at bit.ly slash revision ASLA 2020. And you can go browse through the program and get a little more information on the track descriptions and also the sessions that are available. Perfect. Awesome. I'll make sure to include a, a link to that in the show notes as well. So Thank you. I know we went through some of the process behind choosing sessions for the conference with Miami, so with Jose and Emily earlier this year, were are any of these sessions still ones that they submitted for review, or like the, the chapter, I mean, of Miami, or are these completely different because of the type of platform? Most of the 60-minute sessions were ones that were originally in the call for presentations back in January. We did ask our speakers to make sure that they are current. So for instance, with the business track, there's one session that was about the recession in 2008. And they did a fantastic job of updating it for what's going on now with COVID. And they did a lot of surveys to get research on what firms and emerging professionals are doing at this point. And I'm very excited that all our sessions have really taken to being current and acknowledging what's going on right now with updating the sessions that they submitted back in January. Okay, awesome. Glad to hear that. I know, I know they put in a lot of time, so it's good to hear that everyone was able to adapt. I feel yes. like that might be, might be one of the hashtags for 2020. <laughs> adapt. Yeah. Adapt, yes. Yeah, I, I have to say that our speakers have just done a tremendous job in just pivoting to a, you know, virtual platform. Um, I, I think it's great that, um, you know, they have kind of wherewithal to, to update because it's, it's a lot of work for them. Um, so I'm glad to see that we have a lot of participation. Yes, the, the excitement from our speakers that we pivoted has been great to hear. And it's such a, it feels good that they're so happy that we're doing this and they're willing to put in so much time to learn a new process and kind of just go with us on it because we are new at this too. And they've been fantastic with adapting it all. Awesome. And I know you said that the sessions are going to be, are they all going to be 60 minutes? Or are there going to be some of them that are more of a deep dive? All, all the PDH sessions will be 60 minutes. We tr this is a requirement for LASIS. That's the shortest amount of time to get professional development. But we really did want to keep them to a shorter length because it's harder to hold people's attention in front of a computer screen than it would be to have a three hour deep dive where everyone's in person doing small group work and such. Right. And I, if I remember right, 
the conference started to transition to some shorter sessions last year in San Diego. Is that correct? Yes, we've gone from an hour and a half sessions to 75 and 60. So this is kind of the same progression we've been making with our education to make it shorter and putting in the bite-sized learning this year, just so people can get some quick 10 to 15 minute education that's not worth PDH, but is still important and great topics we've tried to do. Right. And is that something that you found has been good feedback from different attendees? I know as part of the Central States Conference, St. Louis had hosted in 2019. And I think we kind of stuck with a little bit longer format for our sessions. Are you finding that most people really just prefer the 60? We did a professional development survey um, about, I think, two years ago, where we asked people the lengths that they were looking for for education. And overwhelmingly, we did hear that it was the 60-minute sessions. But we have been since 2019, we've had deep dives available at the conference. And these are topics that are, that need more, that need more time. And um, the ones that were going to be at the conference this year were very hands-on engagement with different discussion areas. But for this, we thought that the 60 minutes were the best way to go, the shorter sessions for an online conference. Okay, great. Now, that's good feedback for us, too, moving forward. Are any of the other chapters that are hosting either a state conference or a regional conference? You want to spend your work hours designing, not doing manual counts of plants and site amenities. LandEffects automates the repetitive, time-consuming tasks for you, ensuring your plans are accurate and freeing up your time for creating a great-looking landscape plan. Go to LandEffects.com for a free trial of LandEffects, the AutoCAD add-on for landscape architects. And I know one of the big draws for the conference is the opportunity for social interaction between attendees from across the country. We make friends when we go, and sometimes that's the one time we get to see some of our friends in a year. Are there going to be any opportunities for that type of Zoom social interaction with the platform? Yes, that's something that when we were going through all this this summer that we heard from all all levels of our membership is they're really going to miss seeing people, seeing each other in the hallways and sitting next to each other in education and learning together. And we've really tried to put as much engagement in as possible. On the first day, we'll have happy hour discussions, and these will be live discussions um, We'll have one on women in leadership and that President Wendy Miller and WXLA are going to be hosting. We'll also have a Miami watercolor jam. If anyone's been to the conference in the past, um, our field session sketch leaders have revisioned that field session to so you can sketch along with them different Miami streetscapes. And um, there'll also be one with the Green New Deal Super Studio with Kate Orff, Roberto Rivera, Diane Jones-Allen and Billy Fleming. And Black, Land Black Landscape Architecture Network will also be hosting a discussion. So we're really excited to have those. And there'll also be virtual networking throughout the, 
three days, our PPNs are hosting several discussions where it's going to feel like an intimate 20 or 30 so people. So you can really see people's faces and have those discussions. So we're hoping that um, people will still feel like they're seeing all their friends. Great. Yeah, I was actually, I just wrote down a note to ask about the PPNs. <laughs> yes, the, we won't, the PPN Live has been transformed to virtual networking and they have, we started to put those on the schedule and they have several great topics that they're going to be hosting. And we will also have a mentorship corner where we have four leaders in our profession that are going to be hosting 30-minute breakouts with either their mentee or how to successfully create that mentor-mentee relationship as well. Great. Going along with the mentor-mentee relationship, normally we would have some type of LARE test prep. Is there going to be any options for students or young professionals to attend any sessions on that? Jackie, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Government Affairs will be hosting at LARE. They will be. I, I think they just sent something out uh, about uh, where and when to sign up. Um, so I just saw that very, very recently. Yeah, it won't be a part of revision, but we are still providing that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, we we didn't want people to have to choose between a session and LARE, so we are doing two separate events for them. Yeah. I mean, a big part of this whole process was taking all these pieces that are really important to different aspects of the people who attend and trying to reimagine how to make all of these things accessible and available while at the same time, not, you know, trapping people in front of their computers for hours and hours on end, because that's not really good for anyone. So we tried really hard to get, uh, a virtual event together that was revisioned, which is sort of how that name came about, mm-hmm. um, that offers the things that everyone wants to get out of something like our conference, especially, you know, not just the education, but the connection and the, and the LARE prep and, and really make it available without trapping people in front of a computer. So the LARE stuff is going to be available and it might actually be more convenient for people, mm-hmm. not as part of the central program, because then they can, you know, sort of do it on the side, do it when they have a chance. Um, and I believe they have attendance up as well, because they're offering them um, online virtually on a awesome. rolling basis. So, yeah. Is that something that a person could go right to the revision website to find, or is there somewhere else that they should be directed to look for that LARE prep info? I believe it is somewhere on the revision website. It's bit.ly slash revision ASLA 2020. Um, but uh, if it's not, I'll, I'll get back to you. Okay. The link. Perfect. Yeah. And I, going along with that, I would assume that if there's going to be any type of resume or portfolio, portfolio review, it would be more on the LARE subject page and not necessarily associated with revision, at least for this year, correct? Yes, they'll be doing Mm -hmm. that virtually. Our membership department will be taking the lead on that. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's great. Yeah, I like the idea, and I'm sure a lot of people will also, that they're able to still get their credits. (laughs) Still get their credits 
and get in that test prep time as well without having to, to conflict. I haven't looked recently. Um, I've been, I haven't been a student in a while now. Um, can you explain what the student and young professional rates would be, um, especially if, you know, with the membership being such a great option for students this year being free, is, is there anything like that going on with them right now for the conference if they'd like to still attend? Uh, yes, um, actually the student rate is, uh, it is it's $25. Um, however, we have a wonderful program uh, campaign called Students Live Here, or Grow Here, I'm sorry, Students Grow Here. And it's an opportunity to give uh, seniors and recently gradu uh, uh, graduated LAs an opportunity to, to, to attend free. So this was a uh, fundraiser that our marketing or development department um, put together. And it was matched by one of our members uh, financially. And I think they've just recently hit their goal. So what this means is um, approximately 800 students would be able to attend free. So, um, and I believe um, they are uh, about to um, announce how this, you know, how people get registered and, and get signed up for it. So um, that was a, um, a big, it was a wonderful, wonderful um, yeah. campaign um, that was put yeah, that's together. Awesome. Yeah, it's Students Grow Here had originated for um, trying to raise some money to send students to the Miami conference. Mm -hmm. But once we were compelled to 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 cancel the in-person conference, um, we sort of pivoted. Everything's been pivoted this year. Um, we pivoted to sending students to the to revision. And, you know, the barrier for entry for students, the cost is so much lower than an in-person conference anyway, um, being just $25. But we were really excited that the, the campaign was very successful. Lots of members donated um, trying to, to get these students to the event. So it's something we're hoping to continue into the future as well. Great. Glad to hear that. I'm sure a lot of the students will appreciate knowing that as well. All right. Moving forward, have you guys as a team given any thoughts yet to what the conference is going to look like in the future? for 2021 and the rest of them after that. We are looking forward to meeting next year in Nashville. The conference dates are November 19th through the 22nd. And once we conclude Revision 2020, we will explore how a virtual component may become a permanent part of the meeting cycle and the Conference on Landscape Architecture. And I will say once we get through Revision, we will look to see what was successful, what was maybe not so successful, how we can maybe combine things or, or how we might be able to have a, a virtual at some point during next year. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of options on the table. We just, uh, we, we, we just want to get through revision and, and see the success of that and then take some elements of that and, and see how we can turn that into 21 or what we can do within 21. I will say that, you know, uh, we are, our, our surveys will tell us a great deal of how people want to learn, how they want to get content, 
how long they even want it in front of a computer um, throughout the day. So a lot of this information will be very helpful for 21. But, you know, our sites are on Nashville, and um, we are looking forward to hopefully being able to gather in Nashville in 21. Awesome. Glad to hear that. Perfect. Well, I think that is the majority of the questions that I had for you ladies. Did anyone have anything else that they want to make sure I don't miss in the discussion? I, I realized that we did not talk about our traditional celebratory events, which will be happening November 9th through the 13th. We are actually, we will have our honorary members uh, and awards. We will have the professional and student awards, the fellows investiture ceremony, and we will close out with the honor and medal celebration. So that that will be taking place the week prior, and we will be sending out more information. It'll be just basically a link for people to use to view those events. So can't forget those those wonderful traditional celebratory events. Awesome. Yeah, I, I appreciate you bringing that up because that didn't even <laughs> occur to me. I was thinking all about the learning, but yeah, there are some pretty big events that, that are being hosted at the conference as well. And then I guess kind of going along that train of thought, the turnover for the national officers, will that kind of take place the last night of the sessions? Or yeah, the it, will, it will take place November 18th. I believe, uh, Whitney, correct me if I'm wrong, it's uh, maybe 8, I'm sorry, 5, 5, uh, 5.30 or 5.45 in the, in the evening, but that will be one of the last sessions or programs that will take place before we the close out. You're right, Kelly, 5.30. Okay, 5.30. Eastern, right? Yes, Eastern. Eastern, Eastern time. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, everything's in Eastern. Everyone keep that in mind. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially yes. anything that comes out of our mouths is always in Eastern time. I always have to remind people to point that out. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Great. And I assume, I haven't been to the conference website recently, that the timeline for all of these dates of these other events is going to be on there? Oh, I was just going to say, they're, they're going to be on the website, and people will be getting updates via email, um, attendees and, and members will get updates via email when you know all of those events will occur so just keep an eye on the website and on your inboxes thanks again ladies for taking some time out of your day to chat with me as the ladies mentioned during our discussion registration is already open for revision along with a schedule that includes all of the celebration events that we discussed be sure to register in advance so you can take advantage of the virtual platform and on-demand listening after the conference is complete if you have any questions or comments, please visit everythingbutthebuilding.com and leave a message. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you'd like to give feedback or episode suggestions, you can send it directly to ebtvpodcast at gmail.com. Cover art for the podcast was created by at James E. Butler, and music for the podcast was created by Adam Chikinskis and Dan Ross.